Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Yes, good morning. We're so excited about this series. Um, as Henny mentioned, um, yeah, we're going to talk about relationships. Um, but not just romantic relationships, that's included. But we all have relationships in workplace, family, friends, relationship with God. We see God created Adam and Eve. Um, and he said, hey, Adam, you're going to struggle. You need somebody. Um, you know? And Adam had relationship with Eve and with God. Later on, we see um, Jesus. When he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? He says, love your God. But whoa, stop. Not just that. Don't go and run around, run away and lock yourself in a monastery or something. Um, you need to have a relationship with people. You need to love people. That command goes with the first command. So you need to love people. Later on, we see Jesus, when he left earth, he said, listen, go and make disciples of people. So it escalates a little bit. You know, when people say, no, you must love your neighbor, you can easily go, oh, no, I love you any. See you again in six months. You know, I love him. It's fine. Um, but when Jesus says you must disciple somebody, and that was just after he showed us how to disciple people. He spent three years walking with people, living the, with them. They saw him when he was mad, when he was hungry, when he was tired, when he was happy, when he was ministering, when he was sleeping. <laughs> You know, that's how he climbed into their lives. That's how he discipled people. And that's what Jesus calls us to as well. It's not just to attend church, not just to attend small group. The purpose is to climb into each other's lives, to have relationship with others. And we created that way for the rest of our lives, we're going to have relationships. And... I think what we want to do with this series is just make it practical. Give some tools because we're seeing so many people struggling. Well, all of us are struggling. Myself, even Mezin. <laughs> but all of us, we're going to have relationships for the rest of our lives. And we need to equip ourselves a little bit. You know, how many courses have you done um, and I've done to prepare ourselves to have better relationships. Not so many. Which is strange, actually, if that's going to be part of the rest of our lives. So that's what we're going to do over these next two months. It's just talk about how to better, how to have better relationships wherever we go. How to grow in it. Now, there is a disclaimer. Not the biggest, but this is a screwdriver. Okay, we're going to give you some tools. Now, you can use this tool um, in, in a very inaccurate way, or ways. Um, <laughs> you can stab somebody, you need to change, you know. Um, if you have already done that this morning, you know, with the person you're sitting next to, gave them an elbow or something, or you better listen to a sermon, um, you need to apologize. Okay. So, this is firstly to apply on yourself. Okay. 
God wants to bring change in your life. Um, yes, in the other person as well, but first apply it to yourself, okay, for this entire series. So we're going to cover a couple of fun uh, topics, like desires versus expectations, like conflict management. Uh, that's a fun one. Selfishness, communication. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to give opportunity for a couple of people in church that's in leadership as well, that is, we don't really see the fruit in their lives, to come and share with us so that you don't just hear from one perspective. Um, but we're really trusting that you will receive some tools to walk away with and to apply to your own life and all of your relationships. Okay, are you ready? Can I have some smiles? <laughs> Wrong? Uh, thank you. Everybody is taking their mask off so that I can see. So today we want to talk about desires for success. So the series name is Great Expectations that we're going to chat about for the next two months. And we're going to talk about desires and how does that affect expectations. So let's start with just praying for the morning <laughs> before we kick it off. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you that we can sit here, Father, at your feet. And we just say, Father, Father, come and lead us. Come and change us, Father. Father, we want to follow you better. We want to do your will better, Father. Please come and help us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us every moment of every day. Father, we just say our hearts is open, Father, for you to do your will in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So, talking about desires, um, let's start with a definition. Now, this is, half of it is the literal definition as well, but half of it is also just what we want you to think about when we talk about desires this morning. So desires is a, is a longing. It's you want something, you hope for something, you dream for something. Um, it is also a request, a ask. You know, it's, it's not a demand. It's not I demand this. It is, oh, this will be amazing. You know, we just met, let's dream together. We want this house. We want to live there. It's all dreams, you know, um, and hopes and wants and desires. And it's beautiful. Um, God gives us desires. So if you are human, you will have desires. Okay. Just a footnote. You can also have bad desires. Okay. The devil also wants to give you desires to sin. Um, and to do the opposite. For the first part, we're going to talk about good desires, godly desires, desires we have in our life. So I'm quickly going to ask Jonathan, Max, can you bring me that whiteboard, please? So we're going to have some fun this morning. JP, you're up.
So JP is going to come around quickly after I've asked the question. I would like to hear from you. First, we're going to start at your workplace. What is a healthy, what is a good desire you want at your workplace? So just raise your hand, and he's going to run to you quickly. Um, just one word. What desire would you like? Or what desires do you have of your work, of your workplace, of your boss, of your colleagues? Preferably good desires. <laughs> Thanks. Leadership. Leadership? Good leadership. Great. Hands, hands. Jose. Growth opportunities. Nice. Growth opportunities. Success. Success. <laughs> to act with honesty and integrity. Honesty and dignity. Um, you can give Gerard the chance, and then we're going to move to the next topic. Healthy boundaries. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not working, but uh, um, respect and understanding. That's nice. Thank you, for my Joyce. Okay, next topic. The board is too small to have more. <laughs> so, in your family and friends, so I'm expecting a lot of hands to go up. What desires do you have when it comes to your family, friendship, and go? Intentionality. Intentionality. Nice. Accountability. Accountability. Good communication. Your, <laughs> that's a very good one. Good communication. Teamwork. Teamwork, yes. Okay, last one, then we're going to move on. Affirmation. Affirmation. Okay. Now we're moving on to a romantic relationship. Maybe you're not in one, maybe you want one, maybe you're married forever. Rudy, you must put your hand up on this one, eh? <laughs> okay, great. Let's go. Romantic. Okay. Yo, it's quiet in here. I'm instructing you. Parents, show your relationship. You know, the romance. Hugging your wife, hugging your husband, and killing, yes, and kissing. <laughs> Affection. Great. I love that description. Right. Being present. Being present. Nice. How's that, Rudy? Man, JP is going to be fit after this morning. Yeah. I wanted to say something else, but I'll keep that for the men's sessions. Uh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> Okay, selflessness. Selflessness. 
Oh ja. <laughs> Acknowledging mistakes. Acknowledging mistakes. Acknowledging mistakes. Saying sorry, repenting, whatever. Okay, cool. Last one. Then we're moving on. Uh, servanthood. Servanthood. Nice. Max, you obviously got that down, eh? <laughs> awesome. Next one. When, with your relationship to God, what, does, what is good desires to have from God, towards God? The Bible is full of promises and stuff, so we can go big on this one. Neil, is that a hand? <laughs> Just putting it on the spot. To be able to hear the Holy Spirit. Okay, hearing God's and voice. Obey. Yes. Hearing and obeying. Intimacy. Intimacy. To know that I'm loved and accepted and celebrated. Love, acceptance, ce celebration. Okay. I think that's enough. We have almost five at each one. Thanks you, JP. Okay, last one. Experiencing sonship. Sonship. Nice. Thanks, JP. So this is good desires. And there's nothing wrong with that. The challenge comes in when we take good desires and we start expecting it. You know? So, Mason's going to chat a bit about that. Okay, cool. I think it's awesome to... Just take a moment and just think about, now that we've listed a whole bunch of desires, just think about what desires you might have personally. Because maybe you don't relate to all of these examples. Just think about examples that, you, that relate to you personally. In your work area, with your family or friends, church, <laughs> you can have the uh, romantic or spouse. And God, I'm going to give you a minute. So we've explored what desires are, but what are expectations? Expectations are the act of expecting that something should or will happen. So that's just a very basic definition, but I think just keep in mind those two words. Expectations are a belief that something should or will happen. What's the problem with it? Expectations set us up for disappointment and others up for failure. Where a desire is a longing, an expectation sets the bar to a place where we set ourselves up for disappointment and others up for failure. But we'll, we'll explore that, that a little bit more. But in short, it's a lose-lose situation. We all have desires, all of us. 
whether big or small, whether godly, ungodly, whether good or bad, we all have desires. And it's inevitable that somewhere, somehow, these desires become expectations somewhere. Because we're selfish, right? By nature, we're selfish. Selfishness causes us to turn our desires into expectations. So I want to encourage you that it's impossible. It's almost impossible. I suppose there are some people that just never, ever have expectations. Well done. Give us tips. (laughs) We have expectations quite frequently. Um, Just preparing this sermon was a a clear indication of what my expectations are. (laughs) How we should approach this topic. (laughs) What Andre's expectations were like, okay, wait, wait, wait. My desires are that it should look like this. Oh, your desires. Okay, let's see how we can um, come together. We're selfish because of circumstances, disappointment, our past failures, past failures, hurts. There's a lot of things that contribute to why, we're, why we have expectations of one another, why we have expectations of ourselves, why we have expectations of God. So don't feel too bad that you've got them <laughs> or that they do transition from desires into expectations, but they can be devastating. If we had to compare how we communicate desires and expectations. Here's a good key to what it sounds like when something is a desire and what it sounds like when something is an expectation. A desire asks, could you please? An expectation demands, you should have. Have you ever experienced that ever in your life before? Could you please take out the dustbin? It's full. It's been full for three days. It stinks. Could you please take the dustbin out? That's a desire. There's nothing wrong with communicating that. An expectation would be, you should have taken the dustbin out. You should have noticed that it stinks. You should have done this three days ago. (laughs) That's the difference in what it would sound like. A desire is selfless. An expectation is selfish. A desire communicates, this is for us. This is for you. Selfishness is my way. It's about me. You didn't think about me. There's gratitude involved when it comes to communicating a desire. Wow, thank you. That's amazing. Thank you for bringing me flowers. I didn't expect that. You always bring me flowers. It's Friday. You normally bring me flowers on Wednesday. Where are my flowers? <laughs> yeah, I think just to, as an example, what Esther mentioned as well, affirmation. You know, um, you can desire it and you can communicate that. Saying, Yo, I would really like it if you verbalized that you like me. You know, that's a legitimate desire. That's affirmation. Tell me when I do something right. But then if two weeks goes by and say, I haven't said anything and I get angry, (laughs) that's expectation. Desires are undeserved where expectations are communicated as my right. I'm entitled to this. A desire would say, I don't deserve this. Wow, there's awe involved. When you think of God answering prayers, wow, I don't deserve this. 
thank you. Where an expectation would be, but you owe me, God. You owe me. I've done all this. You owe me. I washed all the washing. You can at least fold it. (laughs) I picked up the kids the whole week. Surely you can pick the kids up on Friday. Surely it's not too much to ask. Not that it doesn't sound like that. (laughs) It sounds like it comes too naturally to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just a footnote. We're preaching for ourselves as well. (laughs) But not in this example, obviously. (laughs) I think desires encourage unity. Expectations break down. They lead to division, destruction, and rebellion. So if we look at the desires that you gave, at work, we desire good leadership. What does it look like when we don't get it? What an idiot. You're frustrated. Such bad leadership. Oh, my word. Growth opportunities. They're just not seeing me. They're just not noticing me. They're just not. They're just not. I'm not seen. It's about me. It's full of selfishness. It's healthy to desire growth opportunities. But what do you do when you don't get it? Do you take that desire to God and say, God, I really desire growth opportunities at work? Or do you get frustrated because, oh, this place is is a disaster? I desire success. What does success look like? God, I thought success would look like this. Now I'm talking too much about a relationship with God, but I think you get the gist, right? Family and friends. I desire accountability. Anne is in a relationship. I'm in an... Elena is in a relationship. Now they're dating, and the boundaries are being pushed physically, and then... Thanks that I can use as an example. (laughs) If you cross, you're leaving. It's fine. (laughs) What is accountability? But, Helena, you should have asked me. Helena, you should have told me. Why didn't you? Or, this is my desire. Can we talk about it? Can I ask you to please, could you please keep me accountable in this? Could you please be more direct? Could you please follow up more regularly? That's, that's healthy communication, right? Um, <laughs> intimacy. I know it wasn't your example, but it was. <laughs> what does it look like? What does intimacy look like? We have different ideas of what intimacy looks like. I think. <laughs> I, I feel like intimacy looks like, yes, my desire, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> Talking is intimacy and appreciating one another and affirming one another leads to physical intimacy, but <laughs> for me, <laughs> would play a big role in <laughs> how we get there. Andre, intimacy means hi. <laughs> let's, let's call it physical touch. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Sorry, Kirst. <laughs> Okay, I'll stick to better examples. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thankfully, Mika is not here. <laughs> okay. When you feel, this is Henny's quote, I wrote it down word for word and he had to say it again and again. When you feel you have the right to something and you don't get it, 
you feel offended and feel the need to fight for it. I'm going to repeat that. When you feel you have the right to something, that you're entitled to it, and you don't get it, you feel offended and feel the need to fight for it. So we're just going to give you two checkpoints of how you can test whether something is a desire or an expectation. Where do you go in your mind? A motivation check. What do you think about the person that you're in a relationship with, that you're friends with, about God? Any relationships, where does your mind go when you think about that person in a certain situation? When you've had a desire and that person hasn't measured up, where do you go? I think just quickly think about where you have experienced this last. Maybe this morning, it may be yesterday, it may be in the week. But look at yourself. Where have you maybe had an expectation of somebody or an area? All the married people look very <laughs> convicted now. The single still smile. <laughs> Okay, so you can either go two places when you're challenged. Um, when something doesn't happen, you have this legitimate desire for affirmation, for intimacy, for whatever. And you can go either one of two places. Um, and for some of us, some of our desires have been expectations for so long that it's you immediately go there. You don't even have to think about it. So you can either believe the best or expect the worst. Um, yeah, very, we probably used this example previously, but let's go again. Just for me, being on time is the epicenter of everything for me. Um, like, I would rather sit seven minutes outside your house when I said I'll be there at five because I don't want to waste your time. That's mine. I've been 20 minutes early for stuff. Um, that's important to me. I like being on time because I like respecting you and showing that. When Mason grew up in a home that you <laughs> I I grew a lot in these two signs and it took me a very long time. <laughs> it's still taking me <laughs> not to go there when time is just not important. It's okay to be late. 15 minutes for everything or longer, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you will have, and I think you can also think of something that triggers you, that you have a desire, I have a desire 
to be on time. And yes, I've communicated that to her, but now what? Am I expecting it? Do I get offended every single time? It took me a lot of years not to get offended every single time um, when we are late. Or am I so thankful when she is on time? <sighs> I didn't say that. Just cut that out of the recording. And I think to make it practical, it goes like this. So I'm late again, which is, I really am very late, very often. He has two choices. Either she's late again. She doesn't respect me. She's late again. I'm not important to her. My desires aren't important. Listening to me is not important. I'm not important. That's expecting the worst, right? That's a desire Andre has is for me to be, t be on time, and it's very fair, and it is disrespectful of me to be late. But where does he go when I'm late? Or she probably got stuck in traffic. She probably had to, the netball game probably took longer and she had to wait for the kids. She probably, giving benefit of the doubt, probably benefit of the doubt, probably benefit of the doubt. Or I demand, I expect, my right, I'm entitled to, which is fair. But it leads to devastation and destruction. It doesn't lead to unity. This one pushes the other person away. That one says, come closer. Come closer. Let's talk about this. Could I ask you to prioritize time? Could I ask you to pay more attention to the clock? Could I ask you to put a bathroom, a clock in the bathroom so that you see what the time is all the time? We have lots of clocks in our house. He's helping me. It does help. When you think of work and you've been working super hard, super late hours, overtime deluxe. And nobody's acknowledging you, and you have such a desire just to be affirmed, just a desire to be acknowledged or be paid over time. I don't know what that looks like, what that desire looks like. Where do you go when you don't get that acknowledgement? I'm never going to do this ever again. Nobody sees me. Nobody values me. People are just slave drivers in this place. Or, I'm sure everybody's under pressure. I'm sure somebody just forgot to say something. I know actually that I am appreciated. Where do you go? Gifts with your, with your romantic person. Somebody bought you chocolates with nuts in and you don't even eat nuts. Where do you go? Oh my word, how could you buy me chocolate with nuts? Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> you should know that I'm allergic to nuts. You should know that I don't like this. My favorite brand is this. You should. This is my right. I'm entitled. Or, wow, you thought of me. <laughs> Thank you. 
Could we chat about the details <laughs> next time? <laughs> Where do we go with God when he doesn't answer our prayers the way we thought he should? He doesn't love me. He doesn't hear me. Where do we go? Or maybe he knows best. Maybe I should trust him. Maybe I misunderstood. There's so many places. All of these, all of these are great desires. But where do you go in your mind when you question the other person's motivation for the outcomes? You have a choice. Do you believe the best or do you expect the worst? So that's just signs for you to remember. Flachis. Little red flags that go up. The reason why we're talking about this and a tool that we'd love for you to take home today is not to not have expectations. That's impossible. It's also not to have desires. You know, both. <laughs> to have, we want you to have desires. God wants us to have desires. It's impossible not to. It's pretty impossible not for, not for them to not become expectations sometimes. And it's often the little things. Why did you overspend again? Don't you know the budget? You said by this time we'd have three kids. We don't even have one yet. Why are your plans changing the whole time? You're not considering me. Where do you go? There is the two... <laughs> the two that we want you to take home today is early detection for change in direction. For you to notice early and become aware of an a desire that's become an expectation. How are you going to notice it? Your motivations. Where do you go? How do you communicate? Oopsie. That's become an expectation again. And I can assure you, these things happen again and again with the same things. <laughs> She's late again. Benefit of the doubt. 16 years later, she's late again. Benefit of the doubt. Come closer. Or she's late again. You don't measure up. I desired to have a husband that leads me spiritually in this way. You're not leading me. I desired for a wife to submit to me. You're my girlfriend. You're not submitting to me. You know, you shouldn't. <laughs> she should be submitting to her father, <laughs> not to you, newsflash. <laughs> if you wanted to submit to you, man up, marry her. Put a ring on it. <laughs> it looks funny. <laughs> These are not to be used as weapons. Because now you've heard what desires and expectations look like. You're expecting. That was an expectation. I don't hear a desire. There was no thank you. I can do that. 
but then I'm just communicating expectations and I'm guilty of what I think he's guilty of. You're not measuring up. Didn't you listen to the sermon? We do that. We do that all the time. Apply it to yourself first. Yeah, just also an important thing is all of that legitimate desires can easily become expectations. Like wanting respect. Um, it's good, it's healthy. But how do I how do I make sure she doesn't feel like a failure, like she's not respecting me ever? You know? What is my desire? Is it your every day I must feel respected? Every hour I must feel respected. You know, and that is my maybe it's a desire, but then when I get it, it's wow. Yes, this you're amazing. Where I'm expecting it, it's hmm. Yeah. You know, there's there's no love. There's no building of relationship. There's no care. There's a lot of the other things, the intimacy, selfishness, affirmation that we all want is out of the door if we get this wrong. And we continuously do it. All of us, we're human. We're sinful. This is what we do. So hopefully today you will just have a, a tool, a understanding to identify expectations in your relationships um, with whoever that is. And realize you can change. The Holy Spirit is with you to help you to change, to show you. Um, and sometimes it takes time. Okay, it's, we're practicing. We're building a relationship. We're growing. Okay. So I've gone over time again. Thank you for understanding. You're growing so much. Our desire, <laughs> our desire is that you will understand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I've, I've identified that I have expectations. What now? How to change direction? So if we want to detect early to change direction, how do we change direction? In humility, acknowledge, whoops, I'm wrong again. Repent. Say, sorry, I was wrong. Say to God, sorry, I was wrong. Say to the person who you held the expectation uh, from, who, for, huh? who sent it this? Yeah, get um, I expected something of you. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Actually, this was my desire. And then not going, yes, you were wrong. You know, like, when are you going to change? <laughs> Just saying, thank you. I believe the best. I choose to give grace. Um, I choose to forgive. I choose to love you. You're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You are perfect, though. <laughs> And then follow Christ's example. Here's scripture. Philippians 2, from verse 1 to 11 says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And then here's 
the highlight that you can stick on your fridge. From verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, don't look to your own interests, <laughs> look to the interests of others. I'm going to read that again. Do nothing, do no thing <laughs> from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And here's our example. Who, though he was in the form of God, meaning he deserved all honor, all glory, all praise, which means he had the right to everything under the sun. He was entitled legitimately. Yet, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, became selfless. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Did you see that? Our example. Though he was God and had every right to force his will or his desires on anyone, he chose not to. He emptied himself, thought of others, served others, and humbled himself. By becoming obedient to God to the point of death. So let's follow Christ's humble example. Where you've noticed expectations in your own heart, repent of them. We have opportunity. We have access through Jesus. Like that's amazing benefit we have. Like the world doesn't have that. Forgive one another as you've been forgiven. None of us deserve forgiveness. None of us. <laughs> Yet we're forgiven. What right do you have not to forgive someone who's legitimately wronged you? We've legitimately wronged God. We're to love one another as he loves us. We're to follow his example when we forgive one another. And then in closing, maybe you could just stand. From verse 9, Philippians 2 verse 9 says, Therefore, because Jesus humbled himself, poured himself out, became a servant, <laughs> and became obedient to the point of death, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
And John 15 verse 12 is the thought that we just want to leave with you is, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Not as you think or as you expect or as you demand. The scripture says that you love one another as I have loved you. And Philippians 2 is such a great example of that. We're followers of Christ. We're disciples of him. Following him means to follow his example of how he loves us and love one another in that way, not in the way that we think. So I want us this morning just to respond to that and just allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives now. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to leave the person next to yours a hand like we said with the tool, first apply it to yourself. So just between you and God now, just ask the Holy Spirit to specifically show you where you have expectations in your relationships. But firstly, I want us to think about the past, when relationships maybe didn't work out. Just ask the Holy Spirit to show you now what expectations have you had in that relationship and just take a minute and just repent of that and I also just I want you to think of the pre present as well and ask the Holy Spirit just come and show me my current relationships where I'm having expectations and ask for forgiveness repent of it and ask God to help you to bring it back to desires to godly desires, beautiful desires instead of expectations that's going to hurt that relationships um, what uh, Andre and Mezina are sharing here I think it's very powerful, we talk about living the gospel well, this is a good example of living the gospel because if you have a gospel mentality of I don't deserve anything yet I've been given it freely by the grace of God. Now, grace is not opposed to effort, but it is opposed to earning. And when you have that mentality of I've earned this, I can demand it, I can stand on my rights, it leads to a certain way of life, uh, of entitlement, that breaks down relationships. So what they're saying is if we live the gospel in this area of our lives, it'll cause our relationships to flourish and, and it'll prevent the breakdown and division in relationships a lot more. <clears throat> and then the other thing is the gospel empowers us to do this. I can, I because it, 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 this entails willingly giving up certain rights that you have, certain things that you are actually entitled to saying I'm willing to give that up to sacrifice that for the relationship and we can actually do that because Jesus did it for us I can do it for you because Jesus did it for me and because Jesus did it for me I can do it for you I'm free to do it for you because Jesus gave up all his rights a lot more rights than I'm going to have to give up for you for me I can give up these few little rights insignificant in this light of eternity for you and I don't have to worry that you know, if I look in my own heart, often the thing that drives me to demand is 
that idea, if I don't take care of myself, who is going to take care of me? Isn't that so? That selfishness that, that Andre and Mezen were talking about. If I don't take care of me, who's going to take care of me? Well, the gospel tells me Jesus takes care of me. He's willing to sacrifice everything to take care of me. I don't have to fight to take care of myself. I don't have to demand to take care of myself. God's going to take care of me. And He's taking care of me in Jesus Christ. So um, let's just commit ourselves to, to live the gospel in this way. And Father God, we just come before you, Lord. And Lord, we admit that so often we, Lord, we, we give in to our selfish fallen nature rather than uh, walking in the spirit lord god and, and we, we give in to selfishness and, and we start demanding and feeling entitled to and feeling offended when we don't get what we think we deserve and lord we we repent of that and we want to live out the gospel lord in our relationships lord we want to follow your example thank you lord that that you gave up all of your rights for us jesus so that we can safely in, in your love and in your grace, give up our rights and the things that we feel entitled to um, in our relationship with one another. Please help us, Holy Spirit, to do that. Lord, you, you know that in that moment when we're feeling fired up and when we're feeling emotional, it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to do, but thank you that you help us to do that. Come into our relationships, Holy Spirit. Come and help us every day. Come and help us this coming week, Lord God as we walk with one another to do so out of a gospel mentality not a worldly mentality of entitlement and expectation in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good For more information and sermons please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com